The Baltimore Ravens signed Rocky Hassan to a one-year deal on Wednesday, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily done adding to their secondary. We talk about who the Ravens could add moving forward to round out that unit and their roster on both sides of the football. We also talk about what Yassin brings to the table to the Ravens secondary, how he fits in. We'll also dive into what to expect from the Moore Jackson's contract press conference. All that and more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we're here. As always on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with me today, making us here at Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available, as always, on all podcasting platforms, also including on video form. Over on YouTube, so you can subscribe for free, both in video form and in audio form. No money involved here on Locked On Ravens. We're a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast, Monday through Friday. 6 a.m. Eastern Time, 20 Ravens news, analysis, updates. We do have it here for you. So if you want to subscribe to the channel, we just hit 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. I want to give a huge shout out, a huge thank you to everybody who has been here with me on this journey. Been doing it since August 2019. It means a lot. We hit these milestones here on Locked On Ravens. Our next goal is 5,000. So if you want to subscribe and be a part of that journey, thank you so much. Whether you're in every day or you listen five days a week, or whether you just tune in once or tune in sparingly. I definitely do appreciate you here. And you can tell a friend or a family member we are here. Ravens updates if they want a Ravens perspective on things, if they want to listen or watch. Same show, both audio and video. But here today, we have a lot to talk about. Ravens made a move on Wednesday. They signed Rocky Asin to a one-year contract worth up to $6 million. We'll be talking about him. We did a live stream yesterday, right about 6 p.m. Eastern time. And if you haven't listened to that or watched that, it is available replay both in video form and in audio form. We kind of dive into who Rocky Yassin is, what he's going to bring to the defense. We'll do that here today as well. We'll do that in the second segment. But I do want to kind of talk about, and this whole show kind of goes hand in hand, honestly. But who the Ravens could add, I don't think the addition of Rocky Yassin necessarily signals that they're done in their secondary. I think they could definitely add one or two new players. And I think that they could be familiar faces or just brand new faces altogether. So we'll talk about how the Ravens can move forward after signing Rocky Yassin in the first segment. And we'll also talk about Yassin in that segment. But then in the second segment, we'll move more into who he is, what he brings, what does it mean for the secondary, et cetera. Then in the last segment, Lamar Jackson is going to have a press conference today at 1230. So we're going to be diving into what we should expect from that press conference. And so whether you're listening to it before or after, I think it'll, it'll be fun if you're listening after to look at what I expect and how you know real it was compared to what it was. But we'll also have a show tomorrow breaking down what Lamar had to say there. So be sure to stay tuned for that one. But let's now dive into the Ravens roster construction here. The Ravens bringing in Rocky Hassan on that deal. I think it's an important signing. It was one they needed to make. They at least needed to bring in somebody. That room before Yassin come came in was... Marlon Humphrey on that defense, of course, but that was Brandon Stevens and Trayvon Mullen and Pepe Williams and Kai Blue Kelly, Jalen Number Davis, et cetera. Not necessarily a, you know, blow you away type of group. So Rakessin gives you a veteran presence there. He's 26 years old, been in the league for four years, a second round pick out of Temple in 2019 by Indianapolis. I don't think that means they're done though. I, I, I definitely don't because what the Ravens now have 
is a solid two slash three, and then Marlon Humphrey. You have the inexperienced depth behind those guys, but the thing with Rocky Asin is he has not played a full season in his four years. He ended up playing 15 to 16 games during his rookie year, 13, then 13, then 11. So he's at his durability has actually gone down every single season or mostly every single season. If Rocky Asin goes down, and I, I said this with Sammy Watkins, and I talked about this on the live stream too, but Sammy Watkins, we knew his injury history. We knew that the Ravens signed him and he was probably going to get hurt. And you had to account for those missed games with depth. I don't think the Ravens did that necessarily. I, you know, Watkins was kind of their guy. Then they obviously brought him back for round two last year. But they need to have another option because if if Rocky Asin goes down, you're right back to where you started. And to me, I think a no-brainer here is Marcus Peters. Peters obviously has been with the Ravens for the past couple of seasons after being acquired in 2019 from the Rams. A steal of a deal, by the way. Kenny Young and a fifth-round pick. I, I, love, I like throwing that out there just to remind people. But for me, Marcus Peters, someone who knows the system, has shown high-level play. Obviously, with him, the concern is the age and the injury. He came off the ACL injury that he suffered before the 2021 season. And in 2022, did not have a very good year. Gave up a lot in coverage, had some penalties as well. But to me... You have Rocky Essien there. You don't have to rely on having Marcus Peters come in there and play 90% of snaps. You can have these rotations, kind of like what we saw with Jimmy Smith towards the end of his career, Brandon Carr towards the end of his Ravens tenure. I always bring up those Ravens corner trios. If you're an everyday, you know what I'm talking about here. So shout out to you, Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith and Brandon Carr. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith. You can have that rotation with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and Rocky Essien. It's, I think Marcus Peters, again, I always say there are two paths that can go with Peters. It's either he bounces back from the down year in 2022 as a great 2023, or the injury just, you know, was too much. His career's on the downswing and he just, he just doesn't have it anymore. That's a risk you can take. That's a risk you can take with Marcus Peters. It's a risk I would take personally. And I think it gives you that insurance in case one of Rocky Essien or Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey, even that's the worst case. If Marlon Humphrey goes down, if Marlon Humphrey goes down, you know, the corner room is kind of in shambles anyway, unless you trade for a guy like J.R. Alexander, which I would love personally. I just don't necessarily see that as a realistic option. I think Marcus Peters is realistic. He's not going to break the bank. You know, Rock Essien signed for one year, $6 million, up to $6 million. So it's incentive laden. We'll see how much that deal is incentive laden in terms of is it like Odell's where it's 15 guaranteed, but then you have $3 million in terms of yards, catches, touchdowns. We don't know. Marcus Peters, to me, seems like the next option, the next move for them. But it's not just Peters who could be on the radar for them. I think Adrian Amos, who's a safety, well, defensive back, I'll call him, he can play kind of the Chuck Clark role, formerly of the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, a Maryland guy, Maryland kids. So you love that. You love, you love the Maryland local connection. But Adrian Amos, to me, is another player that I think makes sense. I know the he's apparently followed the Ravens on Instagram. So maybe there's a connection. Maybe some, some move will happen. And we'll break that down if it does. But I think for Adrian Amos, it gives the Ravens experience. I mean, looking at just what they have, losing Chuck Clark, and also, you know, well, you can go all three levels. They lost Clayus Campbell, a couple other guys, et cetera. But with Chuck Clark, I think you're losing that three safety rotation. You can you can use Geno Stone in some sort of a role too. But I think signing a guy like Adrian Amos does give you the ability to, if you need Kyle Hamilton in the slot, you can put him there and still have someone play Kyle Hamilton's role or Chuck Clark's role, for example. I think to me, that makes sense. I think actually, I said this on the live stream, I think Adrian Amos would probably cost more money than Marcus Peters personally. And that might be a shock to some people. That's just what I believe. I do know the positional value corner is more of a premium position. 
than safety. But I just think at this point, Amos would be a pretty solid ad for them and wouldn't, again, would not break the bank. And I think you can make these moves now because of Lamar's extension, because whatever it is, we, again, still don't, at least at the time of this recording, still don't have those specs out. But assuming it clears 10 million, 15 million, 20 million in cap space for this year, you're able to make those types of moves, which I think just benefits you because it's not just the star power here. The Ravens definitely have that, but you're adding depth around the edges. And I don't think they should stop at Iraqis. And I think they should keep moving forward there. Another player that we talked about on yesterday's show and talking about the biggest questions the Ravens have to answer. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend going back and doing that and looking at that show. But Justin Houston. That could be somebody. Jason Pierre-Paul has been someone that's mentioned. Zevian Clowney, another one. That pass rushing situation right now, I'd call it iffy, just a lot of unprovenness. Tyus Bowser, I think we know who Tyus Bowser is. Very solid, versatile linebacker. He does have the pass rush prowess. But Adafi Owe and David Ajabo are absolute wild cards. I wish I wasn't saying that about Adafi Owe at this point because I wish he had a better year last year, but the reality is he didn't. It was a very bad year for him, a down year. You need to have him step up this year. If he shows nothing, it's time to panic. It is. I mean, I, I I will spare everyone the Tim Williams, Tyus Bowser, long story again. But long story short, Tyus Bowser, first two years, did nothing. Third year, started to show it. Fourth year, had the breakout. Adafi Owe actually showed a lot in his rookie season, showed that potential. Second year, didn't show it. Now, hopefully, third year, he's able to bounce back and at least show something for hopefully a fourth-year breakout or, or a third-year breakout. Hopefully it's a third-year breakout, but they need that. They also just need another guy, though. Tavius Robinson is raw. I think he will be good for them. It's just not now. You, you need to have a veteran in that room. I think Justin Houston gives you that pure pass rush ability. Jason Pierre-Paul, if that were the signing, gives you the inside-outside versatility. And Jadavian Clowney, I think, gives you that too. More, he's more of a hybrid, I'd say, between the two, where Jason Pierre-Paul is like a big, like big edge guy. Jadavian Clowney, I think, is second, and Justin Houston's more of the pure outside guy who did have some stints at defensive end. You can kick him inside if you need, but that's another area that they could look at. Offensive line, I think they just kind of rolled what they have. To me, it's really focusing in on how do you round out that secondary? How do you round out that pass rush? Do you bring in another defensive lineman with the loss of Calais Campbell? If all of these things can happen for the Rams, if they can round out their depth on this roster, I've already said, I think it's one of the more talented rosters Baltimore's had in the last maybe even decade or so. Like I think it is a very, very good roster. I think with the Rakesin signing, it helps. But I think, you know, as Marcus Peters says, we ain't done yet. I, I hope they aren't done as, as they hopefully continue to build in that secondary. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving a bit more into Rakesin in particular, talking about who he is, what he brings, what it means for the rest of the cornerbacks in that room. So be sure to stay tuned and tend to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by... Built Bar, and if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever in Built. And if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you with Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy, they taste amazing, and they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're that good for you. What makes them so good is, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they only have 130 calories. Four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait to get a box. You guys have been talking about ordering built bars at built.com, but now I can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a 13 bar box with hip flavors such as brandy batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. We return here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens Thursday edition. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. Again, thank you so much for tuning in here today, listening to us and making us your first listen each and every day. Subscribe to the channel, follow along the whole nine yards. You, you know the deal here 
on Locked On Ravens. Appreciate everybody who has subscribed and helped me reach 4,000. That's a big milestone for me. 5,000 next. You can also find me on Twitter at ChaosShaker34. I've also expanded to Instagram and Facebook, so I'm putting more content out there. You can find me on Instagram, same at, at ChaosShaker34. And then also on Facebook, just, just my name, same profile pictures on Twitter and Instagram, honestly. But let's talk Rocky Yassin now. Again, the Ravens signing him to a one-year deal worth up to $6 million. Again, not a huge financial burden for the Ravens. They're able to bring him in, I think, on a very solid deal. Yassin is 26 years old. He's six foot, around 190-so pounds. So not the biggest guy. He doesn't have the biggest frame in the world. I guess more on the, the leaner side, the, the thinner side. But still gives you very quality snaps and gives you very quality play. He's a good press man guy over the course of his four years in the NFL, 183 tackles only has two interceptions. And those came in his first two seasons. Hasn't had an interception in two years, but does have 27 pass deflections over the course of his four seasons. And to me, that it almost screams like Kyrie Blue Kelly a little bit where we talked about that same exact thing. Kyrie Blue Kelly had three interceptions at Stanford, but 20 plus pass deflections. And, and that to me, I think says that you don't necessarily have to be a turnover machine to still make an impact on the ball. Yassin is also a very physical player. He was a former wrestling star and he he's suplexing guys on the field, picking them up, slamming them down. Like, and now he gets penalties for those obviously, but still he, he's a physical player can hit and is not afraid of contact. So to me, I think this is a very solid move. Again, the health is an issue. You have to hope he's able to stay healthy for, most, if not all, of the year this year. That's why I do think it's so important for Baltimore to bring in at least one more guy in that corner room. I think, again, you look at the corner room as it by itself. Like I'll, I'll read off the names again as we kind of go through what it means, what Yassin actually means for Baltimore. It is, it's Marlon Humphrey, obviously. It's Rock Yassin, Brandon Stevens, Trayvon Mullen, Kyle Blue Kelly, Jalen Armour Davis, Pepe Williams, Kevon Seymour, Daryl Worley, Bo Pete Keys, et cetera. So right there, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it's 10 guys. Now, how realistic is it that Bo Pete Keys or Daryl Worley or Kevon Seymour make the roster? At this point, there's probably not a huge shot they do. But even if you're talking about the first seven, Humphrey, Yassine, Stevens, Mullen, Kelly, Armour Davis, and Williams, you throw Marcus Peters in there, it's eight guys, and all of a sudden, like, I think Baltimore keeps six corners. At the very max, seven. I could I could see a world where at seven, I would lean six right now, but again, we're not going to really know, and, and roster construction is kind of hard to it's kind of hard to figure out until we kind of get closer and closer to the regular season when the roster is more and more set. So... At this point, it would be to me Humphrey, Yassin, Stevens, or automatic locks. Kai Blue Kelly, same thing. Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams, I would say, are probably 99% locks. So that's already six guys. Trayvon Mullins, kind of your outside guy looking in right now. And I think he's being underrated. I think he can have an impact for this team this year. It's, it's, you know, it just depends because right now it's all that depth, but it's very inexperienced depth. It's third year guys, it's second year guys, it's first year guys, some, some, a little bit older than that, but I think you're only two. like, yeah, I feel confident putting this guy on the field for 90% of snaps. If that's what it came down to right now, that's only probably Marlon Humphrey and Rocky Yassin with maybe a hint of Brandon Stevens, if he's able to show stuff to you. So you're going to be relying, I think on Pepe Williams this year in the slot in some way, shape or form, whether he's the prime guy or whether he is just, you know, a rotational piece in there. But I think the ability to bring in Rocky Yassin gives you the opportunity if you're the Ravens to at least say that you have another guy in there with experience and the Ravens, they love those physical corners. It does not shock me that this is the type of profile the Ravens went after. It just feels like to me, 
Baltimore ends up with this this physical profile. Like Kyle Blue, it's honestly funny how Kyle Blue Kelly and, and Rocky Yassine have so many similarities. Both very physical and both are able to, I think, attack the ball. And again, while it doesn't necessarily translate to turnovers or hasn't translated to turnovers, it still gives them an opportunity to go out there and make an impact on the field. So at this point, I think Baltimore's corner room is <laughs> look, it's a lot better than it was yesterday, right? I think Rocky Yassine does give that ability, but I think they just they have to add another piece. I think Marcus Peters is that no-brainer option. But for what Yassine brings to the table, it, it makes sense as a Ravens signing. Yassine talked about how he wants to continue to, you know, be a part of that legacy, the Ravens' defensive legacy. And I know we've kind of seen the shift over to the offensive side of the ball with obviously the Lamar extension, Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley, the Odell contract, et cetera. But this is still a team that prides themselves on defense. We saw how dominant that unit was. And now you kind of look at you look at all three levels. I, I went through this on the live show is on the defensive line. Again, I think Clayus Campbell is a big loss. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but it's Justin Matabike. It's Project Washington, Michael Pierce, Brent Urban, Travis Jones. Solid five right there. Inside linebacker wise, you have, you know, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Trenton Simpson, Malik Harrison. I think people forget about guys like Josh Ross and Kristen Welch. Solid room. Outside linebacker, you have potential with Adafi Owe and David Ajabo. You have solid, a solid piece in Tyus Bowser, Tavius Robinson there now too. Hopefully they bring in a guy like Justin Houston. On the corner room, we, we talked about it a ton. Humphrey, Brock Yassin, Stevens, hopefully a guy like Peters, but right now we don't know. And then it's guys like Pepe Williams, Jalen Armour Davis, Kyle Blue, Kelly, Trayvon Mullen, etc. Then you go to the back half, the secondary with the safeties. It's Marcus Williams. It's Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, Ardarius Washington, those types of guys. So I think from the first level to the second level to the third, you have star power and you have key depth. And to me, that's where I think that if you can round out the depth at corner, you can round out the depth at edge, this Yassine signing, it looks good now. Like I still think it's a good signing. It looks even better. I think if you bring in a Peters, bring in an Amos, bring in a Houston, a Pierre Paul, a Clowney, whatever kind, I think two of those guys at least one in the secondary, one at the pass rushing position, you're set. You're, you're in a good spot defensively for the Ravens. You, you still have the questions. We talked about them yesterday. You can go check out that show. We, we went through a ton of questions, what they have to answer. But I think they did answer at least half of one in bringing in Brock Yassin. But we'll see. Again, and I will preface it by saying if Brock Yassin is the only addition, like if that's all they do, it's not the end of the world. Like I, I, it's not ideal. Like I still think they need to add, but I think that they can still move. It's almost like the wide receiver position a tiny bit, like to a much lesser extent. I think wide receiver, you knew if Bateman or Duvernay went down or both, which we saw it was over there. Now, if Humphrey goes down and you only have Rocky Asin and then it's a bunch of unproven's, I think you're going to get at least one guy step up in that room this year, corner wise, who is an unproven player, whether it is Stevens or Pepe Williams or, or Trayvon Mullen, et cetera. You're going to get, I think, one player who steps up a door course for that, actually, for me, is Kyle Blue Kelly. But if Humphrey goes down, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Yassin and Peters as opposed to Yassin and someone else. So that's just my two cents on that. But I think Yassin is a good addition for this team, brings what they're looking for physicality-wise, profile-wise. Hopefully he can stay healthy, and hopefully he's a good addition to that secondary room. Coming up in our final segment, we'll talk about Lamar. I know we talk about him a couple times throughout the course of this offseason, right? Just a few. We'll dive into his press conference coming up today at 1230, what we should expect from that, and what we can take away from it potentially based off of what his answers could be. So be sure to stay tuned and time to dive into Unlocked on Ravens. We return here, our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you 
on this fine Thursday, whenever you're listening in the morning, afternoon, at night, or even on another day. Thank you for being here with me today on Locked on Ravens. Well, let's talk about Lamar now. Big news is the Ravens are going to have a press conference with Lamar here at 1230. And if you are listening before, we'll talk about what we could expect from Lamar. If you're listening after, obviously, you know what we, what Lamar talked about, John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, et cetera. So I want to get into more of just like what we should take away from his potential answers and what potentially could be asked so that if you're listening after 1230, this episode and this segment still applies. And we'll talk about Lamar's contract a little bit, too. So. I would expect a lot of questions to be asked a little more about the whole process, about his trade request. I'd expect a question about that. I'd expect him to talk about kind of how much, how long the journey has been. If he's always wanted to be in Baltimore, the fully guaranteed stuff, I'm sure will come up one way or the other. And what you can take away from that, you know, if, if we do get answers on that stuff is just kind of how the whole process went for him. I'm sure, look, we're not going to get every single detail of what was asked or what was, you know, happening throughout the entire course of the saga, but we should get some valuable insight. I'm sure Lamar will talk about, you know, he'll talk a lot about the Ravens and how much he wanted to be here. I'm sure Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh will continue to reiterate what they've said about the ability for hopefully Lamar to come back, which obviously now is a reality, but how much they wanted Lamar back, how excited they are to have Lamar back. I think Lamar is going to be asked about Todd Munkin as well, how excited he is to work in that Todd Munkin offense. You know, maybe, maybe he'll say something about Greg Roman. I doubt, I doubt it though, I'm sure. But he'll he'll say he's probably really excited to work in that Todd Munkin offense. Maybe how he envisions himself in that offense, how he sees himself in that offense. I'm sure he'll be asked about Odell. He'll be asked about Zay Flowers. Be asked about, you know, maybe him coming back from his injuries. You know, what he wants to prove here and what he wants to tell people. Because I know there's there was a lot of like he said, she said, as Lamar Jackson said, in his video to fans after the deal was signed, but for him to get five years, $260 million, 185 of that guaranteed, I'm sure more of the specs of the deal will be asked and will be revealed probably once he signs that deal, because obviously with no agent, there's no agent to actually leak that thing out to teams or the media. So once the more signs, I mean, that, that picture we're going to see tomorrow, if, if you've seen it already, it's going to, it's going to hit different seeing him. Cause you know, we saw Rocky Essien sign his deal yesterday. The, the picture of, him in the room where everybody signs their deal now for the Ravens. Lamar signing that, mm, it's, it's just, it's going to be a different feeling after all we went through, after all we went through in that saga, all the, all the smiles, all the tears, all, all everything, all the, all the episodes, the live streams and everything. Lamar is finally a Raven. We now know it. It's official. And I think this press conference is going to be a culmination of, yeah, we know we did it. We made it. And, and it's incredible. So if you've already watched the press conference, I'm sure you're, you're feeling those emotions already about just, you know, Lamar. Hopefully it's a good one. And look, there will be Lamar questions asked. You know, the Ravens will not, will not stop those this time around. I'm glad for their sake it's over. I'm glad for Lamar's sake it's over. It just needed to end. And the fact that it happened before the draft, to me, is such a win for them because they're now able to make moves like this, like bringing in Rocky Yassin, like the Odell signing, which honestly, we know it happened before Lamar signed the deal, but it gives them now new flexibility and, and a newfound way to build this roster around Lamar, not just putting pieces around him on offense, but building that defense to get him in the offense, the ball back. So I think there would be a lot of questions. I'm sure this will go very long. I'm sure it'll be probably a 30, 45 minute, maybe even an hour type of press conference. I'm sure there, there will be questions about Rocky Yassin in there to maybe Eric DaCosta or John Harbaugh. The draft class maybe as well. Maybe there'll be something about the offensive line in there, J.K. Dobbins. I don't know. I'm sure that the Cincinnati playoff loss will come up. Maybe he'll be asked about why he didn't travel, which he's explained before, but maybe he'll be asked about that. But 
there's going to be plenty to take away. I'm sure Lamar's demeanor will be very interesting to kind of keep up with and keep in mind as you kind of watch it. I'm sure he'll be very happy, very relieved. And that's just what it is, right? Like this, this is a happy time for the organization, for Lamar, for fans, for media, for everybody, because I'm sure, I, I am sure the Ravens did not want to go back into that quarterback mediocrity where it's, you know, you're guessing as to who your franchise guy is. Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback. I mean, we know that he's a top 10 player at his position at least. And now in the AFC, you have all these quarterbacks. You know, if, if you want to have a realistic shot at winning a Super Bowl, at least right now or over the next two or three years, you're <laughs> you're going to need a quarterback to do it. Right. That's just what it is. And I think maybe another question that's asked to Lamar is, is how committed he feels to buy the franchise, either with the money or with the moves they have made. Maybe a DeAndre Hopkins question slips in there. I doubt it, though. I don't think that'll be the case. Maybe a Steve Saunders question. I doubt that one, too. But it's just going to be a lot of excitement. It's a good day for the Ravens here today. It's a very good week as, you know, this is now the one-week anniversary of Lamar signing that deal. We kind of saw it unfold all in real time. Jamison Ensley puts out the tweet, good news coming for the Ravens. And, you know, it's kind of tweet after tweet after tweet, all leading up to Lamar signing that deal. So I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm going to remember that day forever. Honestly, the draft, you get Zay Flowers in there too. Lamar now has three very viable weapons and a bunch more also. It's not just the wide receivers in there. It's, you know, Mark Andrews and the running game and Isaiah Likely. And obviously the offensive line, which is key for him too. So I think that Lamar does feel supported by the organization, especially after getting this deal. I think he realized, or at least he came, it came to fruition for him, that the Deshaun Watson deal was very much so an outlier and, and not the start of a trend, which I think was good for him to recognize and kind of get his deal. He's still the highest paid player in the NFL, and credit to him. He'll be asked about, I'm sure, the agent situation too. $52 million average annual value, highest paid player in that regard. Did it all without an agent, you know, had the, the guidance of the NFLPA. Peter King put out some new information about injury guarantees yesterday. So we'll dive into all those tomorrow as well. But there's just a lot of information to digest in this. And I'm, I'm very glad that we're kind of coming to the end. It was a huge buildup, a lot of conversation about it. I'm sure for those everydayers who have been with me, it was probably kind of tiring hearing me talk about the same thing. Lamar, 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 Lamar. And I, I'm with you. I apologize with how we're done and it kind of got, but we're now in the clear. The sky is bright. The sun is out. The, sh the sun is shining here. And uh, Lamar's a raven. And I think that all comes to, to fruition today. So whether you're tuning in to watch it, you know, right after this, whether you've already watched it, whether you're gearing up to watch it in a few hours, uh, I appreciate you sticking here with me on Lockdown Ravens throughout all that. And we'll break down exactly what that press conference meant. Any tidbits we can take away from that on tomorrow's show. So that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Again, be sure to subscribe here on YouTube. Follow along in audio form. And again, thank you so much for 4,000 subscribers. We're almost to 1,000 episodes here for me on Locked on Ravens. Under 25 episodes to go in that regard. But coming up tomorrow, we're breaking out on the more press conference and much more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow.